Welcome to Time Keeps on Ticking, MS Warrior and Mom Life. Cindy Locke was diagnosed with recurring remitting multiple sclerosis in 2006. Listen in on her journey to make the most of her time with her daughter and son. News, interviews, events, and MS hacks from an MS ambassador. Now, let's get started. Here is your host, Cindy Locke. Cindy here. I hope you're all doing well out there. It's a bit crazy, isn't it? Anyway, I wanted to continue the conversation about HSCT. This episode, I'm going to give you my experience with having the procedure done. Actually, today is my one year stem cell birthday. So happy birthday to me. Phew, I'm not gonna lie. It's been a doozy. I'll tell you that much. Not an easy journey, but I'm so happy and grateful that I was able to do it. You will actually hear this past my first birthday because it was on July 23rd and this will be airing later than that. So my birthday has already passed when you hear this. But I wanted to tell you about the flight back to Chicago. I was sitting next to this he was like a professional player. His name is Taco, so T-A-C-O. And he's a professional gamer, which is pretty cool. So he told me all the stories about gaming and what goes along with that. And it was really cool to sit with him and very entertaining and very enjoyable. And it helped me relax a bit because of what I was about to go do by myself. Anyway, so I want to get back to the story of my procedure. So the next step was to get the pick inserted, which... Now this part, I I just, I can't even explain this part without scaring the bejesus out of everybody, but this was pretty serious. I had to arrive at radiology for the insertion of the PIC, which is P-I-C-C. It's peripherally inserted central catheter, and I had it put in my upper arm. So basically they insert a tube that goes all the way through your arm, through your chest, to your heart. So that was really strange, but it was sort of like going into a real surgery. They brought you in, they put you in the surgery like outfit and covered you with the paper and then put the, I don't even know how to explain it, they put that piece of paper over you and, and, and taped it so that all they saw was the square part and your arm. So it was really intense, but I got through that, thank God. The full name for that is actual triple lumen pick. After they finished the pick placement, I was able to go back to the hotel and just relax for a while because the next day I was checking in to do my whole procedure. So I would be in the hospital after that for 18 nights. So I just hung out at the hotel and, and just chilled. Somehow I was able to fall asleep quickly that night. I think it was probably because because of the exhaustion from flying and doing the pick insertion because that was pretty taxing. And then the next morning was my check-in to the hospital. So I had to be there at 7.30 in the morning, of course. And when I got there, there was a mix-up in the room. So I had to sit down in the lobby for about two hours, which sucked. It's like the worst time ever for that kind of thing to happen because you're so nervous and anxious. And, and so it just made it much worse, which really upset me. But I finally got over it. I got to my room. It was a nice room with a nice view. I was introduced to the nurse for the day and the student that assists the nurse. Every day there was a, a student there with the nurse to help you. They're the ones that take the blood pressure and heart rate and all that. They also are the ones that clean the sheets and you know put new ones on for you or help you walk to the restroom if you need help. And unfortunately, 
I wasn't walking really well when they first met me, so I was on a watch where they had to actually be there every time I needed to get up. So I was not allowed to leave the bed until there was a nurse there to help me get to the bathroom if I needed to go. So that kind of sucked. I guess better safe than sorry though, right? Because if I fell during this whole thing, then I wouldn't be able to continue with the procedure. So I just went along with it because, well, I had to go along with it, so I didn't have a choice. And this was considered day minus five. So it counts down and then it counts up eventually. So I took some time and I organized the room and then finally three o'clock came around when it was time to do my cytoxin infusion, which is my chemo of course. I also received Mesna, RATG IV hydration, Lasix, and Solumedrol during the first four days as well as anti-nausea medication as needed, but I really didn't need it for some reason. I'm not sure why. The RATG, it's a protein that's used to deplete the cells causing damage to my body. So that is really, that was given through my pick all four days of my chemo prior to the infusion of the stem cells. Um, it could cause an allergic reaction such as low blood pressure, shortness of breath, joint pain, or rash. But they also gave me acetaminophen and Benadryl for bone pain 30 minutes prior to each infusion. So that helped a lot. So this was day one of four days of cytoxin. And it was really cool because they actually do it in your room and they do it through my IV, which is already in there. So that that's one really cool thing about the pick IV is that it's already in your arm. So basically they just used those little guys. Actually, my daughter named them all. <laughs> there were three ports and it was really cool because if they had to do two medications at once, they just put two at once. There were several times where they had all three of them going at once. They use those to just get, inject all your medicine and so you don't have to get pinched a bunch of times. Although I did have to get pinched in the other arm a couple times due to having high blood pressure or my um, heart rate being up. That happened a couple times during my visit so I'll get more into that later. Oh I forgot to mention the lovely Foley catheter that they put in at 10 in the morning. Oh that thing is craziness anyway. Um, I guess it's better than having to get up and pee all the time when you can't even stand up because you're so exhausted. Trust me, that did happen all the time. They also did an EKG, checked my blood pressure, and checked my heart rate, which they did several times throughout the day to make sure everything was going well. They checked my temperature as well several times a day because if your temperature is up above a certain point, then you could possibly die. So. They were very vigilant with checking the temperature and I also checked it myself. Ugh, there are so many things I could tell you, but there's just too much. I mean, and it's probably nothing you really need to know. It's kind of a little bit personal, but yeah, there are a lot of little things that went on during the whole time. But let's move on, shall we? So I did my four days of cytoxin and had one day off before my stem cell infusion day. So right now we're basically on day zero. That's four days after I was first admitted and then once you if you count the day I was admitted that's five days so it was minus five when I got my first cytoxin and then the 19th 20th 21st I had more cytoxin um, and then the next day I didn't have any but every single day I cannot even tell you how much medication they put in my body I can't even count I mean I couldn't even keep track of how much it was unbelievable um, and, and then they also gave me this yucky stuff to help me with nausea but it was disgusting and I had to take it all the time and also I had to take this other stuff that was for my potassium because I was very low on that so I had to keep taking that and that was really gross too 
But I mean, there are so many things I could tell you. I could go on and on. But anyway, well, on the third day, I forgot to tell you, on minus three, I had another EKG and then an occupational therapy person came and talked to me. She's the one that does the hand therapy, brain therapy. So I did something every day with that. And I also did physical therapy probably, I want to say every other day or every three days while I was there. And that was good because at the end, they had a test where if you didn't pass the physical therapy for your hands or your brain or your you know, walking or get sitting, sitting, standing up, sitting, standing up kind of thing. They wouldn't let you graduate. They called it graduation. So, so we did a lot of that, which was good because my hands weren't working very well and my walking was a little bit wobbly. And I know I lost a lot of muscle along the way because I was so weak. Being a dancer most of my life, I was hoping and relying on muscle memory and hoping that I would get muscles quickly, um, but it wasn't working out that way because yes, with MS, it's very important to keep your muscles strengthened, but also with MS, uh, it has a mind of its own and even if you have a bunch of muscles, it could still knock you on your ass. So let's talk about at the end of all of my chemo. Uh, my head was finally bald, by the way. <laughs> and it looks really funny, but it's fine. I'm okay with it. So then we were at my stem cell infusion and that was very, very exciting. They just put them right through my, my IV pick thing. And that was pretty awesome. It was just a day to really celebrate and be so happy that my stem cells were cleaned and hopefully they're going to be MS free. I hope. So basically what happened was it was on the sixth day of my admission, which is day zero. The stem cells were frozen and they were thawed out prior to the infusion. So like I said, they came through my pick line, which was very easy. And it took about 20 to 30 minutes. I was attached to a monitor that measured my heart rate and oxygen levels. And the new stem cells found their way to the marrow space in my bones. And then that's where they grew and started making red blood cells white blood cells and platelets. So it took about uh, the new stem cells about eight to 12 days to grow, to engraft basically. Um, and then four days after the stem cell uh, reinfusion, I began to receive growth factor shots, which is called G-CSF. The growth factor helped stimulate the stem cells to grow. And I received those shots until I made adequate numbers of the white blood cells, which was the recovery time. And I had a couple platelet transfusions because my blood cells weren't um, coming up to par. So they needed that to happen in order for me to be able to leave. So they, they actually gave me a boost with those transfusions. I did have a few scares while I was recovering. I had after my new stem cells were infused, I still had over a week of just trying to recover and a lot of it was really difficult at times I wasn't sure if I was going to make it or not um, it was really emotional as well but I really did at one point think that I wasn't going to make it I actually wrote a letter to my daughter and a letter to my son because I wasn't sure if they would hear from me again and it got so bad that my husband actually flew back to Chicago again to be with me because he thought that I 
I might not make it too. So, I mean, it is a hard recovery and it is a hard thing to go through, but it is so worth it now to see my recovery. And I will go into that further, but I just wanted to be honest with you and to let you know that it is difficult and um, it's a lot. I, I luckily was one of the people that didn't vomit the whole time. There were some people that I've heard from and that I knew that were there with me at the same time. They just constantly um, threw up the whole time and I fortunately am one of those people, sometimes fortunately, sometimes I wish I could throw up because you know when you're drunk or something and or you ate something bad and your stomach hurts so bad and you're like I just wish I could throw up. But for me for some reason I'm one of those people that, that it's really difficult for me to throw up. I don't know why. But anyway um, for this uh, situation I was very happy I was one of those people because I, I never actually threw up which was very good. Um, I would have but I wouldn't have cared if I did. I, I mean everything comes with a price and um, I would have lived through it obviously but I'm just fortunate that I didn't have to deal with it. But um, yeah so the recovery was rough and a lot of times they had to come in and take x-rays of my chest because they thought I might have sepsis or be sick you know and had to make sure I didn't have some sort of infection in my chest and also so what they would do is they would come in and put this like piece of wood sort of thing under my back and just bring the x-ray right over and take a picture I never had to go anywhere it was so cool it was the same with everything pretty much they just basically took pictures of me there there were two times however and I had to go by myself my husband was there at that time because I was really sick they wouldn't let him go with me and they took me down to the you know area where they do different types of x-rays and I had to do that by myself so that was scary um, because they thought that I was you know something was wrong and that was very scary but uh, the whole thing is scary to be truthful but um, it, it, it all turned out okay I'm fine and I have a lot of things to tell you about my recovery when I got home too but I think I need to do three parts of this because there's so much to tell you So after the transplant, I spent eight days, basically daily lab draws, white blood cells, red blood cell count, and platelets. They were decreasing, so that was scary to me. Uh, antibiotics every single day, um, and blood and platelet transfusions. I had a couple of those, as I said. Once I checked in, I never left the room, so I was in this room for 18 days, which was crazy because I'm actually claustrophobic, and when I can't feel like I can go out of somewhere, I have panic attacks. But I realized the door was not locked however I was not allowed to go outside the door and that was not good for my mentality but I got through that as well they had me on a pretty strict diet as well no unpasteurized milk cheese or other dairy products aged cheeses made with raw or unpasteurized milk cheeses from the deli blue cheese which I don't like any which was fine I could have meat but it ha couldn't be raw or undercooked at all or eggs I could not have any deli meat at all I couldn't have any sandwiches like that it was the same sort of thing I had to do when I got home as well, but at a higher level. And my husband was very, very careful with everything, would not let us eat out or bring home food or anything like that. So it was pretty hard as well, but I was happy to be home. I will go into that further as well on the next episode. I think this one has been long enough and you've heard my voice long enough, I think. So I will continue with the recovery portion of it on the next podcast episode. In the meantime, stay safe with this virus roaming around the country and the world and thank you so much for listening and keep keeping on warriors